The following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Welcome to Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. This show is dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both the player's and a GM's perspective. I'm Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Chris Holmes. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing good, Tony. I'm doing good. My um, online name is Zezri, there for all you guys on the Fantasy Flight forums that had seen us doing this. Um... And I and go by Asmodius. And you go by Asmodius. Also. Yep. And we have a special guest tonight, Jamie Pearson from the RPG Brewery. What's up, bud? Not much. Thanks a lot for having me on, guys. As uh, you may know, Genesis is awesome. So I'm glad to be here. It's we- got a new nickname someplace around in the Nerd- Nerds International community. What, what were we calling it? I, mean, I think the acronym for it is SWK. SWK, yeah. yeah Sweet, wicked, cool, something like that. <laughs> something like yeah. that, or <laughs> Savage Worlds Killer, maybe? Oh, I've heard that, that, I've heard oh, that, that thrown around a bit. Everybody yeah. drink. That's right, everybody. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Want to get drunk, listen to Chris. So, so Jamie, we yeah. need to hear some geek cred from you. Oh, sorry, not geek, Pfft. nerd cred from you um when did you start gaming man uh first started picking up dice and not knowing what i was doing when i was 12 we just rolled dice and told stories and actually (laughs) actually got into um buying physical books and playing by rules when i was about 15 i think second edition D &D, like everybody else and i was a D &D idiot until i don't know when Edge of the Empire came out, and I learned a narrative die system, and I went, oh, there's stuff way cooler. So, yep. Been gaming quite a while, so I don't know, whatever that works out to being 20-something years. Sweet. Yeah, so Math are hard. Yeah, math, <laughs> math are, are hard. hard. And so you, are are, you are basically our resident Genesis expert now, because you, <laughs> bastard, you've been running this game almost every week for the for the last few weeks, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, we got uh, three se- three s- sessions under our belt in the homebrew fantasy game I'm doing. Nice, nice. Yeah. I was supposed to run one this weekend, but plans got canceled. Instead, we went and saw Monty Python, the Holy Grail, on the big screen. Hey, that's better than Star Wars: uh, The Last Jedi. <laughs> and that will be another show. <laughs> oh, there is another show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so cool, man. Well, hey, man, great, great to have you on. And I know you, you, um, this is our magic. We're going to be talking about the magic system tonight. Um, and you were really interested in it, so I wanted to have you on so you could drop us some knowledge and share with us your experiences oh, yeah. so far and everything. So let's get into some news. Um, I think everybody pretty much knows now. I think it came out a day after our first, our first episode is the um, Tiranoth setting. 
book um, coming out in quarter two by Fantasy Flight for Genesis. It's pretty exciting. Now I haven't played. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I haven't played like their games, like the Runebound. Is it Runebound? And is it Descent as well? Yes, yes. Descent and uh, Rune Wars and Runebound. Sweet. Yeah, so that'll be dropping quarter two, maybe just before Gen Con. Yeah, rock on. Rock on. Any other news we have out there? Uh, not really so much news as I just wanted to bring up to uh, all of our listeners out there that um, want to know about the dice. There is a cheaper option than just buying the dice on uh, handfuls of dice. You can actually get the Genesis Dice Roller from the Google Play Store and iTunes. That's true. Or, wherever you buy your iApps. I don't get iApps. I'm sorry. I'm a Samsung, I'm a Samsung user. But um, it's available for $5.99, which is about $10 cheaper than the Dice. And it does do the cancellations for you and all that stuff, too, yep, yep. if you want to get in and use a, have a cheaper option. That's so. right. And if you, don't, if you don't like the feel of Dice in your hand, <laughs> there's just something wrong with you. That's all there is. <laughs> well, the wow. good thing i got to roll the real, the real Dice. Yeah, oh yeah, I know I'm I'm that way too. But the good thing about it is for anybody that's looking at getting the app is first of all the the quantities seem to be still limited on finding it without somebody gouging you on Amazon or eBay for the dice, but you'll never have a need for a second set of dice. You have an unlimited quantity of Genesis dice. And it comes with that a set. It also has regular RPG dice on it as well. And it's a pretty good mm-hmm. dice roller as far as the uh, um, averages. Mm-hmm. So, cool. But that was pretty much it. We had in the news, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. All right, so we got, so we got a, some listener feedback here. We got a couple questions. The first one is from Stefan Dragonspawn. He says, "Hey guys, looking over the Genesis PDF and thought, could there be a fourth magic skill for powers of the mind? Psionics was one we came up with. Psionics. Now, would that be intellect, willpower, or presence?" And he was, and we were kind of thinking that this would be more of like mind over matter, coming, you know, pulling within, you know, your internal, you know, mind power and making things, you know, if it's it's the um, mind over matter, um, if you think it, it is there, kind of thing. Um, things like telepathy, remote viewing, precognition, moving things around, you know, with your mind, maybe even force choking somebody, if I dare say. Um, what do you guys think? You want to go first, Jamie? <laughs> uh, sure. I think that you would be overcomplicating things. Yep. Because the reality of it is when you talk about things like uh, telepathy, remote viewing, precognition, telekinesis, all of that stuff is already covered by um, what is, oh, God, what's the term for it? Uh, it's basically just narrative spells. Yeah, narrative spells. Correct. Oh, utility, the utility spells. The utility, utility spells. spells. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. That's and true. I also wanted to bring up, and I answered him on his question on Facebook about this, that uh, the cyan- the psionic is actually a race given on page 182 in the settings section. Um, there is a psionic race that cool. covers the less narrative uses of psionics as powers for that race. So you could just have a psionic race too and not have to worry about that at all excellent yeah that's pretty cool yeah and you know like i think like anything else you can you can reflavor re re kind of flavor and texture 
texturize some of these other skills. Like instead of calling Arcana, you can call it Psionics if you want. And it can have the same powers if you wanted. I mean, it, it, it's basically however you want the, the feel, the look and feel for your system. Or game that you want to run, you know? Go ahead, Jamie. Oh, I, I was going to say that uh, re- realistically, it's e- e- even if you wanted to do all that stuff, that, again, is stuff that's already covered in, like, curses. Yep. You know what I mean? It's stuff and- that's already there. So what you'd be doing is just adding a fourth magic skill that would just be completely unnecessary. Because Correct. now you're trying to divide up. Because the way the system works already, which I'm sure you guys wanted to cover more later on, but the way oh, the yeah. system works already, each... Um, action, each magic action is dedicated to two different magic skills. So if you were to throw in a fourth skill in that, it really unbalances everything that you're looking to do between those eight magic actions. Gotcha. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, I we'll think the that. balance... I think the balance is the main issue here, and I think keeping if keeping with the tone, if you wanted to have a psionic, taking making the character a psionic race, and then allowing them to build um, on Arcana. Arcana really kind of does cover all. If you look at all the powers that fall under Arcana, they all kind of fall. All of the ideas of go go into your regular idea of psionics fall under that. It, it would just be. And not to use a, a another game system's term, but it would just be a trapping for your arcana. Mm-hmm. Would be mm-hmm. uh, a psionic trapping, so to speak. True. Right. True. Um, so right. Um, I think we beat that question to death. I think so. It's still <laughs> it's still wiggling there a little bit. We'll hit it later. <laughs> well, hold on. Do we all agree on that? Because I could start arguing against the point, and <laughs> we could just start arguing if you guys want. <laughs> no, we're all good. Everybody, everybody's out there like. Uh, what's this magic system all about? But we're going to be getting <laughs> that here in a minute. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tony, all right, what's, what's also, the other question? We, also had a, we had a second question here from uh, Eric, No Sleeves McGee Lamaru, our no friend sleeves. over on the Wild Die podcast. <laughs> he, he says, uh, here's a question for the show. Chris has uh, was doing a Genesis before it was a thing with his version of Primeval Fool. Now that the book is out, what is the next world you want to create with it and why? And since I feel bad for Tony not having his own question to the to the answer or to answer, excuse me, I guess he can answer this one as well. <laughs> so what do you want to do there, Chris? What would I want to do there? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I must say, Actung Cthulhu looks pretty cool. And this is why. I ran a Day after Ragnarok campaign. It's a Savage Worlds campaign, an alternate history, how World War II ended by, uh, instead of bombing Nagasaki and Hiroshima, we bombed the Midgard Serpent because the Nazis raised it with oh crap with cults that's cool. cults occultists and you know and brought that it raised it up and that ended World War II. Well, what I wanted to do is a prequel to that campaign. In this, using Acton Cthulhu and put these guys in there to try and stop it. And it's Cthulhu, so they're going to fail, and they're all going to die. But it doesn't matter. It'll be fun. <laughs> well, not all might die. They might go insane. Well, yeah. it's the same difference, right? <laughs> yeah, same difference, really. I That's mean, what I would. That would probably be the next one that I would want to do. And I know you guys out there who had ran in that 
day after Ragnarok campaign listening to this are like, yeah, you bastard, you better run that. <laughs> so it's coming, maybe. <laughs> uh, you, so, uh, well, for me, um, well, first of all, I haven't told people what my setting that I'm trying to build is yet. Um, the setting I'm actually trying to build, the first one, is uh, Hellgate, London. From based on the video game property, uh, my friends and I we played the video game when it first came out, and then I did a D and D three point five conversion for the game, cool. and that sat on a shelf for years after we played it for a few months. And I thought Genesis would be the perfect system for that, so I'm going to be doing a treatment of that for my friends. Nice. But Honestly, the second thing and the thing that I'm almost wanting to throw my Hellgate London down for is Middle Earth. Mm. I would so much love to do Middle Earth for Genesis. Mm -hmm. You know, I highly recommend you pick up some of the One Ring source books, even the stuff that they've been building for 5th edition. They've been doing a fantastic job with that, and that just gives, gives me so many ideas as well. That's yeah, cool. I've seen those in, at the friendly local game store here. Highly recommend. I have been tempted. Yeah, I recommend it. How about you, Jamie? Eric you're, you're didn't doing, ask me. You're doing it. It doesn't matter. You're on the show. <laughs> you're you're here. Well, <laughs> you're you're doing a you're now you're doing a homebrew. Is this something that you've had in the back of your mind for since you were 12 years old or what? <laughs> no, no, no. We de we decided to uh, go in the wayback machine, and what I did is I created a very small section of a continent. I put four cities on it. And those are the only things that had names, and we're building inward out. And cool. uh, so I, I like that approach because we're writing the history as we're playing it. Nice, nice. Well, that's cool. All right. Well, hey, I think that's um, kind of wraps it up for um, listener feedback. I got one other little piece of listener feedback that I didn't put into our show notes that I completely forgot. Today is January 22nd. Mm -hmm. It is my youngest son, Sean's birthday. I wanted to shout oh. out to him if he's out there listening. Happy 19th birthday, you little shithead. It looked like he was behind you going, yeah, see, there he goes, yeah. <laughs> well, happy birthday, you little shithead. That's right, happy birthday, you little shithead. <laughs> there you go, shithead, three shitheads to you. For, from, these, from these three magi. By the way, yeah, and, that's yeah, the, right. and, that's, and that's by the way, that's the name of our episode. In case everybody missed it, it's uh, yeah. three magi because we're going to be talking about the um, magic system here. So let's um, get into that. Um, yeah, let's do all that. Right. Magic. It's what brings us to cover. Sorry, that was my best, like, what is it, the uh, Princess Bride <laughs> impression. <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about magic today, and this section is called the Book of Genesis. I might have some really cool like music for this. I could have said like in the beginning there was whatever, but so we're talking magic. We're talking this magic system for Genesis. Um, what do we need? To cast spells in this sucker. Dice. Imagination, wow. man, because it's limitless. Imagination. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, we do. We do need we do need one we do need a rank in one of the three skills. In one of that the three is magic correct. skills. So you have so in so this is in the from the core book. We have arcane, divine, and primal skills. And that, those skills can be found on page 70. 
Yep. Page 70. And the magic the magic system starts on page 210. And that's kind of where we're where we're going right now. So yeah, so as as long as you have a rank in one of those skills, and typically you would want to only allow your players to select a one skill, one of those skills, but you can let them pick two if you want. Doesn't really matter. Um, then they can cast spells, and those spells are what's called spell actions, magic actions. And what are those? You guys, either you guys speak up. Doesn't matter. Well, there's there's two types of uh, spell actions. You have your narrative spell actions. Those are spells that are taken care of in outside of a combat situation. Yep. Um, for instance, you know, you want to levitate across a river or you're you want to press to digitate so to speak your uh your clothing clean or something like that uh those are narrative uses those are handled like any other skill check you kind of gm sets a difficulty um sometimes it's based on the spell sometimes it's based on what you want the spell effect to be if it for instance mimics another skill um so, for instance, if you're trying to become invisible to sneak past guards, you really are treating it like a stealth skill. Um, yep. In this case, though, because it's magic and you don't want it to become a catch-all for all activities, you're always going to increase the difficulty by one for a narrative uh, spell check. Gotcha. Um, if it's going to mimic another skill. Uh, so, opening a lock with uh, magic, whereas a simple lock in that we talked about last uh, session, uh, the simple lock at one purple difficulty to pick locks with your uh, Skullduggery skill would only be one purple. Whereas if you were trying to do it with magic, it would be two purple. Cool. I like that. Now, help, re- help remind me on this one if you could, Tony. Um, I remember reading that too. But what is the purpose of that because if you're doing that not only are you making it harder but you're also expending strain correct but the reason why the that they did this and they say right in here is so that it doesn't become a catch-all because if you don't have the strain mechanic and you don't have it become increased what is the point in putting points in other skills right that that's the biggest thing i was trying to drive at especially for your listeners is because if you're a mage or whatever you're not going to probably have a lot of skills in, you know, stealth. So that that's the biggest reason for it, right there. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it, it magic can't accomplish it, but magic ha- is hard to learn. It's difficult to master, and therefore, no matter what task it's trying to do, is always a little more disc- difficult and always has a little bit more risk on the backside. Yeah. Um, with the threat and despair that can be generated from it, they have some pretty nasty effects. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and, you know, with those effects, I mean, you saying that it's hard to learn, you need to spend some points in it, you need to spend some points into a no- your knowledge skill as well. Because, and that was one of the things that I didn't do when I rolled up my character and played <laughs> in our, uh, played the one time that I did, um, the ranks that you have in knowledge will affect or make your make your uh, spells a little more powerful, as well. Mm-hmm. And we'll and we'll get into those when we start talking about the the different tables for these different um, different types of attacks that we have. 
So what kind what kind of different attacks do we have here, Jamie? Uh, well, or if you're talking about different kinds of spells, I mean, you know, like magic oh, okay. actions. Yeah, what kind so, of different? So magic the, the basic terms is attack, augment, barrier, conjure, curse, dispel, heal, and then you of course have the utilities that we kind of talked about at the top part of the show. And each of those, that that is the, I guess for lack of better words, generic term that just basically speaks the actual action you're going to be performing. And then from there, you can really put layers on top of each action. Mm-hmm. And those and those actions, those are the ones that you were talking about earlier, where certain actions are linked to certain, certain um, skills, you know, like the attack action for one. All of the all of the different skills, arcane, primal, and divine can cast an attack spell, but healing can only be done by divine and primal. Right. Um, so, but I mean, I, again, as a DM, if it suits you to kind of move those around a bit, you you're definitely feel free to do that kind of stuff. So, Chris, Chris, there's a small part of my soul that is running <laughs> out of my anus right now really? because you said DM. In his genesis, sir. Okay. I must tell you <laughs> that the default of my de- <laughs> dude, I've been playing that I've been playing that since thirty five years. Okay. So GM I can't give you no shit. <laughs> I'll have somebody else wipe up the stuff coming out of your anus. <laughs> so we'll, moving right along. <laughs> All right. So Okay, I've got a, I've got my uh, basic magic actions, but is there, mm-hmm. I mean, more that can be done with them? What, what, oh, what yeah. happens? Let's say, let's take one of these and let's say, what happens when I want to heal? Dude, I want to, I want to cast a, you want to heal? I want to cast a fireball. All right, we want to cast. Then a fireball. we can heal. Fine. Then we can. I'm gonna, I want to cast You're a fireball about the on shock Jamie. Shock and awe, buddy. Come well, on, I, I want to help people. I want to. No, I want to. I want to cast a fireball on Jamie for that last comment. <laughs> then you can heal him. And if then you Tony want. will heal me. Yeah. <laughs> so what do I do to attack him? Um, well, let's see. Let's go. Let's go to this. Let's go to page. What page is this? Page two fifteen. Two fifteen. We have an attack action. Well, I don't need any concentration, but it is easy. It's an easy check for me and what will okay. happen is it will deal damage equal to the characteristic linked to the skill so say i'm i'm i wanted i'm an arcane i will cast in fireball whatever my intelligence is say it's a four um i'll be doing a base damage of four and then i'll have i'll add one damage per uncancelled success to that as well and then um there's no critical rating for this attack, so you you can only inflict a critical if you get a triumph on it, which actually I kind of like that. That's not too bad. That's pretty cool. Now, so, there's also a now if I now I want to do my fireball, so that's just a basic magic attack. So I want to do that's more fire. like like a fire bolt, right? That's just more a like basic one, or just like a force bolt, you know, almost like a magic missile if I be so bold. Oh, you can't make it just fire for free? Nope. I have to I have <laughs> to increase the difficulty of it. Oh. But I put some ranks in knowledge. So, okay. So if we look at table 3.2-5 on that same page, um go down to the fourth entry, fire. The attack gains the burn quality with the rating equal to your character's rank in knowledge. So say I've got two ranks in knowledge. 
we can go to the burn quality and that'll mean every round after this he will start burning he'll take two two points of damage burning damage so that'll increase my difficulty by one so now so I've got unlike hard, yeah. so unlike other generic systems out there adding the fire trapping to this so to speak actually mm -hmm. has a game mechanic yes Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. And you know what? I want this to be deadly because, you know, that hurt, Jamie. That, that <laughs> comment hurt. So I'm going to add another difficulty to it. But this also gains a critical rating of two. So like we said before, you can only cast, you can only do a critical injury on a triumph. Adding this characteristic to it, you'll need to, um, it'll give you a critical rating of two, which means you'll need to spend two advantage. I'll have to get two advantage at least. And it gains a vicious quality equal to my ranks and knowledge, so it'll be vicious too. Which means when I do crit him, vicious means vicious rating of two means I add twenty percent to my roll when I roll on a critical injury table. Okay. So yeah, you're gonna So need right it. now you're, we're you're sitting you're at need... a Go ahead. You're sitting at a three difficulty magic attack that has fire. Yes, I but am. it's not really a fire ball yet. No, no it's not. Now I can blast it, <laughs> which gives it a boom, that boom quality. But ah. that'll make it that'll make it pretty difficult. That'll make it daunting. So maybe I don't want to make it deadly. I just want to get, you know what, I probably just want to make it deadly. Because I'm just hitting Jamie. Doesn't matter. I don't really need to blast. <laughs> so maybe, maybe my fireball turns into a fire bolt. Or a fire lance. Or a fire yeah. lance. Yeah, he's got to harpoon him <laughs> with it. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, so that's how you would do it, and then you would take your you would take your arcana skill, you take mm -hmm. your difficulty, start building up your die pool, and if you had an implement, which we'll go into get into in a bit as well, that that'll help as well. So that's an example of building up a and casting a casting a spell, an okay. attack spell, an attack spell, and to to cast the spell. As we said at the top, you have to spend two strain to do so. Yes. No matter whether it hits or not, you spend yep. that before you you roll. Mm -hmm. And then another thing here is that none of these augmentations or additional effects that you can do to your spell can increase its difficulty beyond formidable or five purple dice. That's right. Right. So now is that formidable before or after you add implements? It would be, um, it'll be after any reductions. So that it says correct. right here. Yep. Yeah. And that, let me just go ahead and do my fanboy thing, if you guys don't mind. But that is what makes this magic system so cool. Oh, yeah. This, anybody who may have heard on my show and stuff like that and all the bitching I've done for years, this system finally encapsulate, encapsulates what I think magic systems should do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That Maybe. example right there is perfect that you did, Chris. And what's so cool about it is, once again, here we go with, you're showing your character's progression of knowledge as you're dumping more ranks into that arcana skill. Therefore, those more difficult checks you're more willing to roll against. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yep. it, this, this magic system just absolutely nailed it. Yeah, I probably okay. wouldn't. I probably wouldn't make a. I, I'd, I'd probably try a hard, um, for like maybe a, a character starting out that has maybe one rank, you know, and maybe a you know if you got a three die pool, but that's still going to be a tough check, and it might oh, work. Yeah. It might not. You know, it'll, that's the fun of it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely, when you're rolling these checks, and one thing I've noticed is that you want your positive dice to at least outnumber your negative dice by one as a player. And as a GM, you're trying to balance that out. You're trying to make it so mm-hmm. that they have the same number of dice that they're rolling. <laughs> yep. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, yep. as a player, you know, you want to build that uh, that pool. And so keep at low levels or when you're at low skill ranks in your arcana or your primal or your divine you want to try to build your spells if you want them to succeed more often now if you want dramatic effect and you get just like you know chris got angry at jamie and you really want to really hurt that dude that's right narratively jump on that add all the crap you want to add i've got a player in my group for years has uh he (laughs) He would uh, make a caster, and then he do. We had at one point we had a magic burn system we were using with, but he would always try to cast like the highest level crank out spell that would just do a crap load of damage. <laughs> nice. The magic feedback to the party was just horrible, and then we the guy ended up with so many mutations because we used a mutation chart and stuff for it. And uh, he had so many mutations, he was basically an eggplant. He had purple skin, <laughs> green hair, no eyes, no mouth, no arms. I mean, he, he couldn't cast spells anymore at one point because <laughs> he kept trying to cast the highest level spells. But that's that's uh, what I was getting at, though, is that you want to, as a player, you save those moments mm-hmm. when you're trying to do something really nasty for when it, it it's dramatically oh, appropriate. Yeah. And you know, speaking of speaking of you talking about like magical backlash and everything, table um, three point two dash four on page two eleven gives us an examples of how to spend threat and despair on skill checks. So this gives us GMs. The, <laughs> Thank you. The uh, the um, things to do like um, I don't know. They roll double despair. The magic item that they're that they're wielding is completely destroyed. Hmm. I wonder what will happen there. Um. Uh, one despair. He overexerts himself and th- loses their magical connection, and they cannot cast any more spells to the end of the scene. What the heck? You basically yeah, oh, yeah. went <laughs> and you're done. So oh, that's I had that, cool. I had that happen on uh, the guys playing a spellcaster in my group. Oh, really? And we just narratively said that he he was so in tune with all this arcane and trying to just do such badass stuff that it sent out a shockwave and it threw him against a tree, knocked him out for a little bit. And then we're like, okay, so now you can't cast any spells for the rest of the encounter. You just blew off all connection you had to the arcane right there. And it like froze over a pond and a half tidal wave and stuff. It was really cool. Dude, that's that awesome. Sweet. That is sweet. Yeah, so... Ugh, this I knew there was a reason we brought you on the show other than to bust your balls. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And you know, you know, I must I must admit, this other this other game that has um two D's in it and an ambersand, um, I'm making <laughs> I'm making a um I'm making a a cleric wizard and I'm like I gotta pick spells? Come on! Uh-huh. I gotta put spells in a spell book? Come on! Why can't I just use this system? Oh, I want to heal somebody? I'm just gonna heal them. Oh, I want to cast fire bolt, or I want to do a fire and ice bolt. Why can't I just do that? But we're not playing Genesis, so I can't. <laughs> nah, you just need to it's convince your GM to run Genesis instead. Yeah. That Get rid true. of that D. Get rid of that D. Shift seven D game. <laughs> 
awesome. <laughs> so, All right, so do we want to cover any other of the spells, or do you think that just uh, the example we gave was good? No, because I, my opinion, I'm sorry, is uh, curses. That has a totally different effect on it. Well, let's sure. Go, let's go for curses. Let's do it. Okay. Go ahead, so, leave uh, it out, man. Go ahead, Jamie. Yeah. Do it. Oh, okay. So it's it's the same thing. A lot of these spells that you guys will notice between um, attack, augment, barrier, and all that stuff, they typically start out at a base difficulty, and I say typically at a simple. But curse starts out at a uh, average difficulty of mm. two purple. And cool. so you're going to be doing this off of either Arcana or Divine. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing is if you successfully curse somebody on the basic part of it, is you're um, decreasing any skill checks that that person you're cursing That's nice. does. So, in other words, let's say they had two yellow and one green. Well, now all of a sudden it's one yellow, two green. Nice. So you're, you're making it harder for them to actually... Do any mm-hmm. skill checks, and this is a constant. It does say concentration, yes, and that mm-hmm. means we have to. Is that that's a maneuver, right? To concentrate. Yep. To keep her so going, it'll become a, yeah an ongoing effect. This was something else that my wizard player did. Nice, <laughs> another spellcaster. Yeah. So in this case, so 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 your so your wizard character player there, character cast curse on somebody, mm-hmm. and then when it came back to their turn again. To keep that curse going, they spent a maneuver on that second round, if you will, and kept mm-hmm. it going. And okay, cool, cool, all right, nice. What do, what do we have for additional effects here? <clears throat> uh, well, okay, so one of the things too, and we should have probably brought this up um, during the attack action too. Um, outside of your implement, the range on almost all these things is short range. Also, that's oh, something true. to keep in mind. That's true. So. Um, I think the base across almost all of these is to increase the range. It um, it increases difficulty by one. Correct. Yep. So that's one of the things. Um, mm-hmm. Something else you could do on a curse is uh, this one's really cool. And again, it's something we've used is the misfortune. So after the target makes a check, you may change one of their setback die to a face displaying a failure. <laughs> oh, nice. So that's so. That's if you huge. know or you have the ability to – if you know ahead of time that they have a setback die or whatever mm-hmm. or they have a setback die against you because of armor or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if that thing comes up blank or threat. You just walk over and you go, nah, change that to a uh, failure. failure. There you go. That's cool. <laughs> Any face displaying a failure. So I'm wondering if there's a failure and a and a, a threat on a, on a, on the same face. I can't remember. If that was on a setback. It doesn't say any. It just says a, a face displaying a failure. I think right. it just means the single failure. Chris. Yep. If you hear on that, setback I just dice, dumped. <laughs> yeah, dumped setback dice. die, it's only single results oh, per yep. side. Yep, you're right. So, yeah, you, you can take that setback die and just go ahead and flip it right over to a failure. Sweet. That's pretty right. cool. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> and okay. there's, a couple of, there's a couple more there, too. Doom, arcane only. Now this costs two. After a target makes a check, you may change any one die in the pool not displaying a triumph or despair to a different face. What? So if I didn't roll a tri- uh, a despair, I can make them roll have rolled a despair. <laughs> You're at difficulty four for that one. 
But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's nuts, dude. That is nuts. Yeah. Now, what if I can tell somebody's being cursed? Looks like we can probably dispel that. That's another yeah. one. And that, that's and a now, hard one. That starts off at hard. But dispelling is only allowed by Arcana. It's not allowed in the other uh, skills. And that's what. That's the only skill that is uh, uh, mm-hmm. a single. All of them are usually the two. Yep. And the reason why they did that as balance is that um, Primal and Divine had access to healing. So that was their reasoning for uh, only giving Arcana the ability to dispel. And they said you could do giving the other um, uh, skills access to dispel, but in doing so, it overbalances things a little bit. So yeah, uh, it yeah, was definitely they're, they're a given heal. Issue. Yeah, they're given that heal spell. Here's a question for you. Just looking at these two together, would you allow somebody to dispel? A divine curse put on somebody using arcane. Now it does say you can select under the under the effects of a spell. Would you limit mm-hmm. that to arcane only arcane spells, or would it be really anything? I guess that's kind of the flavor of the game that you want. You could probably set that ahead of time. You might want to think about setting that ahead of time or spelling this out if um, somebody's has this character. How about you, Jamie? When you said you were shaking your head there. Oh no! I say no. It it just says to spell a spell, so that's anything in my book. Cool. Right. So the only way to remove a curse is to go see a witch or a wizard. Nice. <laughs> or the only w- but the only way to get your wounds healed is to go see a cleric or a druid. Yep. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. Sauce. Okay. So yeah, dispel does start out at hard, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and I think all the rest of them start out at. Uh, Simp- or at uh, easy for one purple difficulty is just those two that are a little odd. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we All so right. we have mentioned this a couple times. Um, what are these magical implements that we've been talking about? Um, I don't know. You got a magical implement hiding around your house? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I have a magic <laughs> ring, <laughs> a magic wand, if you will. <laughs> Oh, oh, those okay. Yeah. Does your magic does your magic ring glow when you toss it in the fireplace? Yes, it does. Does your uh, magic wand have a couple of magic orbs with it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So remember that uh, disclaimer that I put at the beginning of this podcast. Everybody, watch out! <laughs> You've been warned. <laughs> Oh, but uh, all being serious here, though, magic implements, like they are in uh, several other systems, uh, they are ways to make the spells easier to cast. Yep. In this case, we have uh, uh, we have the <laughs> druidic circlets, holy icons, magic orbs, magic rings, uh, magic staffs, and magic mm-hmm. wands, all appearing on page two eighteen and two nineteen of the Genesis Core Rulebook. Mm-hmm. There's prices. There's a price chart to also here a table three two twelve at the bottom of page two nineteen to give you suggested prices for them. Right. Obviously, your system's gonna you know flavor to taste. If you want these things to be even rarer, crack crank the rarity up and the price. If okay. you want these things to be a little more common, maybe a couple of them are a little more common. Reduce the price, decrease the rarity. That's right. Yes, we could take. Let's take an example of one of these things. Let's do. Um, well, you know, we were talking about increasing range and whatever. Well, we talk. Let's talk this magical staffs. 
um, they universally augment the user's ability to increase the range. So what happens is adding the first range effect doesn't increase the difficulty of the spell. So right, right immediately when you're casting a, 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 an arcane spell or a spell with a staff, it's, our, it's automatically at medium, up to medium range. Um, and mm-hmm. if you cast attack spells, you will increase your damage by four to start that's with. Huge. Yeah, <laughs> that's huge. Now, is there something else you could do with these stabs, like to build specific ones? I'm thinking so. Instead yeah. of instead of a ranged effect, you can do uh, um, you can do like a, a staff of the ice mage, you know, which gives you a um, an ice effect for free or keep the range decrease the damage to add it by two and then any ice or range spells maybe you know are free the first one i don't know something like that you could just modify that and try and balance it out a little bit but or you could make a more a a slightly more powerful magical staff that you you know like your staff of the magi so to speak that that Mm -hmm. does a little more not just i mean it doesn't it would be obviously a rarer item it would be a more expensive item, but it would be something that uh, would do more than just the base effect of what a staff does. You could have it yeah. um, also be superior quality so that it uh, adds a boost die to your um, spellcasting. I, like I like that. Um, and things like that. It could also, you know, on the outset, let's say you do have, okay, let's just use a throw drop a name here let's say you have saruman's staff okay and uh it specifically belongs to saruman but in the hands of saruman it, it gives him a free upgrade to his uh spell casting check and in somebody else's hands not so much that's cool that's stuff you could do to make specific magic items that are tailored to your campaign magic uh implements mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and really, your imagination is really what's limiting you there. Yep. To be honest. That's, that, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you've got if you've got something, I'm not sure about. Maybe you can get into this in your Hellgate, um, London campaign. If there are, you know, magical guns or whatever oh, yeah. that they can use as an implement, you know, to shoot, mm-hmm. you know, you know, have like an arcane gunslinger, if you will. That can be an implement as well, and just use these as an example, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing out of magical implements is read them all, understand them all, and then use those as basic guidelines for making your own stuff. Because like what Tony said, you know, Saruman's staff or something like that. Dude, that's awesome. When I have my staff, guess what? It does everything that the staff does, and I upgrade all my checks. I mean, that's just awesome. (laughs) Absolutely. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. Yep. Right. And I think that, you know, that all this narrative ability to change everything about the spell, about how you cast it, all of that is what makes this system so versatile. And Mm -hmm. and when you and you actually sit down and play it, maybe someday (laughs) when you sit down and play it, um, you will uh, you will see your wizards just going nuts with changing their spells up mm-hmm. based on the situation at hand. Right. Yep. And your cleric's not groaning. Oh, I gotta prepare my healing spells. Oh. Or your yeah, wizard I mean, going. Oh, didn't prepare knock today. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because that's one thing we didn't specifically say. Mm-hmm. As long as you have that rank in arcane, you 
have access to all of the powers that are listed mm-hmm. under the arcane skill. Yep. You don't. Yep. And that's all. That's six powers for arcane, five powers for primal, and five powers for divine. If people were mm-hmm. wondering. Yeah. And now, like I said, that the idea of what gets rid of this idea of spell levels. It's just like Tony said, and this is what's so awesome about it, is you literally have an open book of stuff that you can just do. It's like, oh, I'm going to just throw shit everywhere because it's awesome. Well, at lower skill rankings, you're not going to be as good at it. That's yeah. right. That's right. I'm not a master of the universe, but I am a master of this three foot by three foot space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. Cool. Okay, All right. so... Um, there's some of these checks that it talks about in the magic that are also um, opposed. Uh, but there is a sidebar that I wanted to mention on page 214 sure. for GMs out there um, that are using the adversary talent for your mm. villains. Ooh. It is recommended, and I personally think it's a great idea myself, that even though it says all attacks against people in the adversary talent – any spell you cast cast against someone who has the adversary talent should be upgraded as well. Yep. And that's they they listed in a sidebar as a suggestion. And personally, I agree with them one hundred percent. I I will mm-hmm. I will be doing it in my campaign for sure. Yep. Yep. And th- and that and that last sentence there, this should be enough to make the nemesis feel dangerous. You want to have uh-huh. you want to have that oh that oh shit moment that holy shit moment. I think we're screwed. Uh, mm-hmm. I just tried to do that, and he just kind of it fizzled out or whatever, right? Or the oh, backlash. Yeah. yeah. I mean. I- like Jamie's mind flare that he put up stats for to sent to us. Did you read that thing? Uh, I, I, I didn't. I don't want to ever run into one. I didn't. <laughs> I don't take credit for that mind flare. Yeah, somebody created a B A M F for a mind flare. I was like, this is awesome. Oh, that thing Sweet. was brutal. Hell yeah. Nobody would want to fight that. All right. That's how it should be. That's yeah. how it should yeah. be. Should be a little bit of fear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of oh, how many hit points does it have? Hmm. <laughs> no. As soon, as soon as your GM says, "Okay, upgrade that three times," then your players start to go, Ugh. "Hey, you guys. Uh, I think I left the oven on. We gotta go. We gotta go." <laughs> That's right. Yep. I don't think I I'm have... gonna cast this spell. I'm gonna run. No. <laughs> I've seen that in my Star Wars games. When people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you give them something with adversary three or four, and suddenly there's a, you hear a little. Yep. In their chair. <laughs> um, I don't see it in your guys' show notes here, but it's sure. something that I definitely uh, I, I want. I hope to get it before we move on at all. But because yeah. we kind of jumped right over it in succession order of the book here, maneuvers in the magic system are awesome. Yeah. Okay. okay. Go ahead. Go point. Ahead. Case in point being number one, counterspell. There's only two, but counterspell. Okay. This one is. Phenomenal. Now, if you think about like the other stuff that we talked about, the you know D Shift Seven D game, if you were to ever try to think about doing a counter spell or something like that, what do you end up doing? You grab your book, you close it, you bash the DM in the head with the book, and you just say, "Can I play Genesis?" Right. And this is why. <laughs> so, you can spend a maneuver. Okay, maneuver meaning. I'm just going to stand here. So I'm just going to stand here, but still be casting off my crazy fireball. And all opponents within medium range upgrade the difficulty of the checks 
to cast spells once. That is so awesome. Sweet. So on yeah. your turn, so if you're a mage, kind of protecting your party, you can go ahead and spend a maneuver to do this. Yeah, and again, kind of still cast your spell. So unlike other games out there, <laughs> other games mm-hmm. out there where you want to cast a spell and cast defensively, you can't counterspell at the same time. Nope. Nice. And this is all opponents' upgraded difficulty to cast spells because you're kind of messing yeah. with the juju of the magic. You're within exactly. medium range, which is quite a bit. Yeah. Ooh, so again, this is something else that I didn't even know about until my buddy Lyndon, who's playing the magic user, goes, "Oh, hey, check this out! I'm going to counterspell." I go, "What's that?" And it tells <laughs> me, and I get all pissed off because I'm like, "God damn! I'm I'm, I'm putting a red die against you now!" <laughs> you know? So. From that a player cool. standpoint, it is, is super, cool. super awesome. It shows once again how how much this system feels like you're actually doing mm-hmm. magic. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's so cool. So and that's can, the biggest one I want to touch on. Concentration is kind of self-explanatory. Yeah, and well, and, 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 and you could flavor Chris that however you want. Like you can, Sorry. um, like you can have your little hex bag, you know, your primal caster hex bag, just kind of, you know, kind of shaking it out there, you know, just messing up, almost quote unquote, almost kind of hexing people, mm-hmm. but you're counterspelling yep. them, you know, making it harder. That's cool. Oh, sorry, yep. Tony. No, it's all right. It's all right. I was trying to talk over you. That's my problem. <laughs> really? Uh, no, uh, no, I was talking about how you had covered concentration, concentrating a little bit earlier. Yep. Uh, and it just can concentrate. You could just concentrate on keeping one af- one effect going from round to round to round if you want to. Yep. Now, if if your player had a narrative reason to maintain two effects mm-hmm. for multiple rounds, is there a way they could do that? Absolutely, they can. They just spend a second maneuver and a couple more strain to do it. Oh, oh, they could okay. So yeah. if they want, they can concentrate on a spell and spend a couple strain and counterspell keep counterspell up <laughs> as well mm-hmm. though they're yes strain, they can they're gonna have to take two strain again with because they're gonna have to take that second maneuver to do that and, and that was what i was i i noticed that when i read that section myself that you could actually be doing because in in this system you have the ability to number one you almost you always have a action a maneuver and then whatever incidental you have on your turn. Mm-hmm. And everyone has the opportunity to spend two strain to take an additional maneuver. Right. But what you can do is cancel out your action for another maneuver. Mm-hmm. Right, and not take strain and not attack or cast a spell. Just keep that counter spell up or concentrating, those kinds of things. Yeah, man. So, all right. Sweet. Well, I think we covered it, man. I'm pretty sure we did. Well, if you guys have any questions about the uh, magic system, something we missed, I'm pretty sure we covered all of it, but if there's something we missed, drop us a line, send us an email, make a comment, wherever you can find us. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go on to this uh, to the next to the next part. Okay, welcome to our next section of our show. We're calling this Setting the Tone. This is where Chris and myself and our guest, Jamie, kind of talk about magic specific to our systems, our settings that we're building. Mm -hmm. 
And um, so, Chris, yeah, man, why don't you kick it off? Because you have so much groundwork laid with Primeval Thule, buddy. Well, yep. I mean, and the reason why it's there is because it is a setting that has been published by Sasquatch Studios. It's called Primeval Thule. Um, I believe they did it in uh, like for 3.5. Um, I kickstarted their um, five fifth edition conversion, and they also with one of the um, one of the add-ons or bonus things for the kickstarting, they did a Savage Worlds conversion too. Now, what Savage, what Primeval Thule is, it is they were inspired by the works of Robert E. Howard, Edward Rice Burroughs, those pulpy sword and sorcery type of settings mixed crom. with crom the <laughs> the riddle of steel that only the dwarves know the riddle of steel and yes it is in there the riddle of steel the, the dwarves know it um and it is set in the land in a land of um during the time of conan and it is thule it's basically greenland turned sideways um atlantis has has um has gone under, and all the Atlanteans are left here in Thule. Those are the re- those are the ones that are left, and they do kind of have a little bit of, because it's a sword and sorcery. Magic is scary. Um, there's a bit of Cthulhu-esque kind of madness and sanity things kind of going on there, and um, yeah, that's one of the things that I've that I wanted to bring in related to magic, um, is the madness and sanity, you know. Types of things. Now, there's nothing in um, Genesis for that yet, but my buddy um, Brian and I came up with the Madness Tables. We converted this to the Edge of the Empire, the narrative dice system, and I ran it for these guys, um, for you guys and a few others at Con and the Cobb, and it turned out pretty good. It didn't suck. It was kind of a pre-Genesis kind of <laughs> kind of thing. Hey, this system can do fantasy. That was kind of what we wanted to prove, and we did. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, a lot of fun, dude. Yeah, I love that war priest you gave me. That was an awesome yeah, character. And you know, we at the time we had we took force powers from from um, Star Wars and made different schools of magic um, out of those. And that stuff was inspired by um, what did we look at? Let me look. Let me bring it up here real quick. There was oh jeez. No, I don't have it. There was somebody put out like a couple of different fantasy um, conversions for it that we kind of pulled in. But yeah, so here, you know, I've got um, some madness rules, which actually I was talking to my buddy today we were, when we were commuting. My buddy Clarence and I were talking. He's played this twice. He's played, he's actually, he's role played three times so far. <laughs> In his life. And he's like, oh, he's kind of pumped about the Genesis system too. But we were talking about how to do madness. And what I had come up with before was, um, let me see, let me see if I could find it. Have a little chart here. So if you roll a despair on a magic check, you need to make a discipline check um, and upgrade at once to maybe go insane or take some madness or whatever um double double despair is you need to upgrade that dispel that discipline check twice if you make a hard magic check it's a discipline check 
a daunting magic check is a discipline check. And then if you fail those, then there's this short-term madness table where you could be panicked. You're frightened and you must run away or something like this. Then we were thinking, you know, that sounds a little too complicated. So we were just trying to take maybe just threat and despair and just say, hey, here's a sanity score that you may have that may go up and down. Maybe you start with 100 points in sanity. And then as you earn more threat, as you cast your spells, that sanity goes down. So once you hit a threshold of 90, an effect happens. Once you hit 70, and another effect happens and whatever. Nice. And then maybe every week you can do another discipline check to maybe raise that back up based on your... So kind of like um, the morality. morality system for mm-hmm. Star Wars. Very and much. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do. You know. And then we were thinking. You know what? Two. I was trying to explain this to him, and he's like, he was kind of confused. And then he realized it's two separate checks. He always wants. He wants to do things one check. Why can't we just do one check? So that's where I'm <laughs> like, well, let's just take the rules as written. Do threat, maybe despair. Then we were thinking. Then he. Then he came up with, well, what if you add a force die? That light and dark side pips. For every time after the base, right? And if you add a difficulty to cast an arcane spell or whatever spell, add a force die to your pool. Another one, you know, if you increase the difficulty another die, add another force die to your pool. Roll that as part of your pool, and for every uncanceled dark side, that's a, that's a sanity loss. Sanity point loss. That's cool. That could be, you could use your, now for you people out there that, don't have force die and haven't played Star Wars, well, you can use really any other die to do that, you know, like a six-sider or something, but I don't know. You could just do even odd on any die, really. Pretty much, but you do want to have that dark come up more often, Ah. you know, so you can have like a one on a six-sider not do anything, two and a three is a light side, four, five, six is a dark side, you know. So your twos and threes cancel four, fives, and sixes, and whatever you're left with can go. But, you know, hey, we were just muddling it around. I don't have anything um, set in stone there. Um, so that's madness. And, you know, and in this setting, I'm thinking of this setting, you know, magic is evil. Magic is bad. You know, people can go insane, kind of bring in that sanity of Cthulhu in there, too. Um now, yeah. is it all magic that's evil and bad, or because I know, like for instance, the cler- the cleric I pay- played, he was a he worshipped Mithra, the goddess of uh, or god or well, I don't remember Mishra Mithra, I don't remember right, which right. one it was, but anyhow, um, it was a god that I worshipped that gave me the power, and so even just casting holy spells also have that same negative mechanic involved also um, like a divine spell too or is it just as like it is, arcana as it is right now i was thinking kind of yes to be honest to not kind of pull away from that maybe maybe not make it as harsh maybe maybe mm-hmm. give that first upgrade um a free you know where you don't add that force die but then everyone after that you know hard and above you do or something i don't know well, the gods are fickle. You they could just fickle. have it be that, that <laughs> you know, especially like when you're dealing with, you know, in Thule, you've got that Cthulhu-esque. Mm-hmm. The, the, the nature of those Cthulhu-type gods is that they're older than these new gods. Mm-hmm. And so when you're tapping into that divine power, it could very easily be corrupted by those ancient forces. Absolutely. So, and, even, and even the primal forces, too, you know, can be corrupted. 
Yeah, so oh yeah. that would be a yes. That would be cool. a yes there. The other thing that I was doing with it um, was adding rituals. And these are just, you know, you have different, you know, arcane rituals, divine rituals, and primal rituals, which are more than anything fairly narrative, you know, that you, okay. can, that you can do that may have a minimum skill rating. So say arcane lock. You know, we got a minimum rating of one in Arcana. And, you know, we can even use these Arcane Rituals as maybe utility spells. Cast them like utility spells if you want to, in a way. Um, creating a teleportation circle. Well, you need three ranks in Arcana to do that. But would you want to... Is teleportation Thule-esque? Does it have that feel? I haven't really gone through this completely, but, you know, it's what we were thinking. Ah, what I was still in the brainstorming that. set. Kind of in the that. brainstorming set, but that's kind of what I've added. But the rest of the magic system, pretty much as is, because it's brilliant. <laughs> that's all there yeah. is to it. Well, so, uh, so that's what I've got. Onto mine. Yeah, onto, onto my yours. system. So I'm, uh, as I said, I'm doing uh, Hellgate. I'm calling it Hellgate Genesis. It was uh, based on the Hellgate London uh, video game property that was done early 2000s um in that game you play as survivors uh 18 years after uh demonic hellgates open in london and these creatures from another dimension are actually they're aliens but they 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 take on the the role of demons they're they're evil they look like demons they act like demons we as humans have called them demons our entire lives but they're just alien creatures from another dimension Hmm. they come through these hell gates and begin terraforming the earth to their own tastes and there are uh three different groups of people that uh rise up to fight these things uh there's the templar which are an ancient order of knights and paladins and they use divine magic as well as swords swords and power armor to fight these demons and then uh you have your um cabalists which are people who use magic and um they use arcana they use primal magic um, to summon elementals, to fight the demons, to cast actual spells. Ever since the demons came, their powers. In, these are people who used to be psychics in the real in the real world, and their powers. Ever since the demons came, their powers just amplified tenfold. Oh, cool! And um, they uh, they they are your arcana casters and your primal casters. And then the third one is your the remainder of government organizations that use high high technology and stealth basically your spies your snipers people like that they use advanced nanotechnology to use drones and things like that so it's it's a sword and sorcery plus a high sci-fi or mid sci-fi uh setting so in mine a lot of um the divine casting is done via auras the um the templar they don't really cast spells they just put off these divine auras that people can step into and get effects whether it's uh the defensive effect for a barrier aura or the offensive effect of damaging aura that can be done to enemies or the healing effect of a healing aura um so i have been adding looking at spells and the way they're going to be cast and and the Templar are automatically going to have all of their spells increased by one rank. 
automatically all of their spells are difficulty two to start. Oh wow! Um, uh, but they're automatically auras. They automatically go out to a range and cover anybody that steps into that range. Like a short range, probably, or engaged. Yes, short probably or short range. Enga- I'm, I think I'm starting with engaged range. That okay. way, if they want to increase the range out to short. Um, Because it affects everybody that steps into engaged range, Mm -hmm. which would be up to four people could really get into engaged range with them. True, yeah. So that keeps the balance there. While there is an increased difficulty uh, on all of their spells, it's they automatically get the boost upgrade of being able to affect multiple people. So, and um, and then for the you know for the implements i'm adding because one of the things that the kabbalists do is they graft demonic body parts to help them cast their spells oh wow and so i will be creating a whole set of implements for myself uh, that are demonic body parts like the arm of this demon will produce uh the fire effect for free on a spell, or the eyeballs of this demon will allow you to use utility spells that re- involve sight uh, as, as, an, as an incidental action. Things like that. I'm going to be creating a lot more implements for my arcane casters and my primal casters uh, that make them different. Cool. So, that's Very where cool. I'm at. It's all just kind of mm-hmm. theory crafting right at the moment. I've got... nice notes written in like 15 different books right now nothing nothing typed up <laughs> there was one thing there was one thing that i forgot to mention that i had changed is i've added a few knowledge skills so we had like an education skill geography lore nature and religion and if you if you all remember when we were talking about in the previous section how knowledge ranks in knowledge will increase you know, like the blast effect or the burn effect, right? Um, mm-hmm. I've linked my magic skills like Arcana to lore as the lore as that knowledge skill. Divine to religion. So if you have more ranks in religion, that acts as your knowledge skill. Primal, it's the nature. So if you put more ranks in nature, then that that's your knowledge skill to apply on those tables. So. Um, if if, every, if anybody's thinking about expanding and creating knowledge skills for their system, you might want to think about doing something like that instead of having just a gen, the generic knowledge skill or or whatnot. So okay. that's just a thought. So, so Jamie, are you doing anything with your system to kind of slough it and make it different? Uh, well, I mean, not really. Right now, we're again we're only three sessions deep, and we're we're I guess for lack of better words. Uh, getting used to the system, you know what I mean? Yep. So we're pretty much playing everything out of the book and we've slowly added things as we've gone along. Like one of the things we did, um, you know, looking on that um, table, Chris was talking about table 3, 2-5, one of the things you could do with a magic attack is ice, okay? So if you gave it the ice quality, it says the attack gains the ensnare quality with a rating equal in the character's rank of knowledge. So what we've done is we've said, well, what if I just cast ice and I'm doing it as a non-damaging? So we started doing that. So oh, instead cool. of it, you know, like where an attack has a normal difficulty of easy. Now, if you wanted to give it ice, it has an additional difficulty. We started doing it as just a single difficulty to simply cast and snare on them. Oh, okay. Without the, hey, I like that, dude. 
Yeah, we're do so like you do the same thing with impact. If you wanted to just knock somebody back or knock them prone or whatever, and you know you could do that by just simply doing a single difficulty because you're not actually implying any damage. Now they do have on here, you know, non-lethal, which is primal only, and what it does is says it gains a stun quality. Well, it's essentially the same thing as what we're doing. It's just that we're taking away all damaging effects under yeah. the attack spell. So that I mean that's all we're doing. We're really we're really toying with the system right now to see, you know, what different ways we can make it go. You know, I like that. And then you can you can also add range. Just add right. range, right? And then this right. ooh, dude, the destructive quality. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Do like an impact plus destructive to like just like knock down a wall or or knock over some cover that somebody's behind or whatnot. That's cool. Or, yeah, you could do the one that does Sundering, too. Because think about, like, you know, Tony, you're saying, like, in Lord of the Rings, when uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Gandalf tells Sauron, you know, your staff is broken, and it just shatters in his hand. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Does no do damage like to that him. Too. Right. Yep. You can do stuff like that, too. So that that's the type of stuff that we're really toying with, is seeing just how expansive we can make the magic system more so than what's just being offered in the book. Oh, I like that. And and that's what we're going to cover when we cover this and are setting the tune, uh, setting the tone. It's really about making Genesis work for you, how to make it yours and your parties mm-hmm. and just let it shine. This system if you just let it go at its own thing, try not to add too much to it, maybe a little tweak here and there. It's really going to shine. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. And that's kind of this. So this is kind of what we're going to be doing here during our uh, during most of our episodes. Here, we're going to take something out of the book from the the book of Genesis, kind of a, <laughs> you know a mechanic, right? Describe it. Maybe put some flavor on it. How we can narrate, you know, how that how those rules translate into the narrative of what you're doing. And then in this other part, in setting the tone, we're going to apply those to you know my setting here, uh, the primeval Thule setting that I'm converting and Tony's um, Hellgate Genesis, London slash Genesis setting, and just give those an examples. And these two settings, myself, I, I've, I'm starting with one that already existed. So just kind of converting what's already there, kind of applying mechanics and pulling things from that, where Tony's starting from the very beginning, if you will. And then hopefully yeah. mm-hmm. this, will, this will help you all out there um, create your own setting and what you want to do. So... All right. All right. Anything else for setting the tone this week? Nah. Nah? All right. All right, everybody. Now for our favorite part of the show, advantageous threats. Bum, bum, bum. All right. All right, dude. I'm going first this time. I might have gone first last time. I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Okay. I have a feral halfling. He's in the woods. He's in the jungle. He's being surrounded by these freaking adventurers that are coming his way. And he wants to take him out because he's feral and he's pissed. Um, he wants to summon a saber-toothed tiger. He's seen one before. He's tried to, His tribe has tried to hunt one down. Couldn't do it. So, he's going to be using Conjure. He's primal. Okay? So, I'm going to start building up my dice pool here. Um, We're going to say he has... He's not that bright. 
Actually, no, that goes off cunning. He's very cunning. He's got a four cunning. He's going to have a two ranks in primal. Okay? So to conjure, he needs one difficulty. So I'm going to grab a purple here. Now, he actually wants to summon a saber-toothed tiger, which is silhouette two. So he has to actually do a... What's that called? It's going to be the one that adds two difficulty <laughs> to it. So let's see here. Conjure is... What's that thing? <laughs> the main one that he wants to do. Conjure, here it is. The Grand Summon. So he's going to add two more... Two more threat. Two more... Two more. So I've got a pool of three purple, two green, two yellow. Okay. Now, um... What do you say? I'm thinking... Now, what is, um... What does, uh... Counterspell do again? Oh, that upgrades your difficulty. Yeah, so let's say this guy's just kind of coming out. These guys are fighting, and the f and I want to um, cast a spell, but one of the adventurers is counterspelling. Okay. Sounds so cool. that means one of those is going to be upgraded. Oh, yeah, it is. Yes, it is. So what else do we want to do here on this dice pool? Well, you said your little guy was afraid, right? Yeah, he is. I'm going to throw put a black die in I'm there. Gonna, yep, I'll throw a black die in there. Do we want to add a story point to maybe make this? <laughs> <laughs> That's totally up to you. You're the player here. <laughs> I don't want to, but I'm thinking the DM might. Because nah. he just would. Yeah. He the who? Will. The, 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 sorry, the GM. Oh, oh. Okay. Never heard of that D guy. Darn it. Dude, G guys. Come on, man. The, the, it's okay, Gary. D we forgive you. <laughs> the, the, the D bag M. A, yeah, true, true. Okay, so I have two yellow, two green. Two red, a purple, and a black. How's that sound? Mm, that sounds like one hell of a dice. <laughs> yes, it does. Let's see what we got here. And yes, I am rolling this. Oh, I wish you guys could see this. Um, <laughs> well, first off, I need to see whether I failed or not. Those get canceled. My advantage cancels out a threat that me being feared had nothing to do with it. It came up blank, so I overcame my fear. Um, however, comma, <laughs> my, um, my success on my triumph cancels the, the failure on my despair. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm left with one success. One advantage, a triumph, and a despair. Oh, wow. All right. So, so as the player, I would like this cat to pop up um, um, right in the middle of these adventurers. You know, just kind of okay. be, be at a place where it, can, where it can pounce on these adventurers. All right, and I'm, I'll probably be like, Whew, he actually showed, and I can't believe it. And I'll probably use that advantage to recover one of those two true strain that I grabbed. So how would you like to spend that despair, peeps? I know how well, I as, as an evil as GM. Your GM <laughs> as your GM, I would have that portal that the saber-toothed tiger came through stay open just a fraction of a second longer, yeah. and a second saber-toothed tiger, tiger comes through it, 
and leaps in your direction. (laughs) You know, you're a little more evil of a bastard than I am. Because (laughs) I I would have had that first one attack me but you brought a second one yeah. into the mix i love it yeah that's wow yeah cause that's all i was gonna say too but a second one well maybe Woo! this maybe comes this after one's me. Not, not as big <laughs> well maybe small. he comes out with three legs or something <laughs> like the wow. two of them were the two of them were in a territorial fight and this one mm-hmm. already has wounds on it and he already has taste of blood in his mouth and he's and he looks that at me fight. like a little appetizer Maybe a little hors d'oeuvre summoned away his target that he was going at. (laughs) Dude, I like Uh, that. I want to play that fight now. (laughs) (laughs) What would you have done with despair on that, Jamie? I I had the same idea that I think Chris was. Sure, that tiger landed exactly where you wanted it, but now he's charging after you. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. That is so cool. Mm. All right. Right, for my uh, for my advantageous threat here, I have uh, I have I've even given my character a name. Oh. My character is Dan Flag the Murky. Sweet. <laughs> and uh, he wants to create a magic force bubble around his party to protect them, as there is a dragon flying over. It keeps flying over and breathing in our general vicinity. Awesome. Um, so I am. Dead. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Dan Flag the Murky might be Gandalf the Grey backwards. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I have uh, I have uh, a pretty pretty nasty Arcana pool here, um, and and a magic orb that I'm holding on to. Ooh. So my uh, my pool for Arcana is um, it starts at four dice because of my high intellect yep um and then uh my uh skill in arcana is two ranks so it's going to be a grand total of two green two yellow in the pool and uh so the basic uh barrier spell is one purple difficulty okay um but i i want to encompass my entire party with it so that is going to increase that since there are uh, two other members in my party, that's going to increase that out to three purple difficulty. Cool. And then I also want to make it empowered. I really do not want us to get burned to death by this dragon. <laughs> so I'm going to empower it, which would increase it by two, but my orb reduces that by one for a grand total of four purple difficulty. Nice. Now my GM really likes the fact that he threw a dragon at me. Hell yeah. And so he immediately flips a story point to upgrade one of those to a red. Oh yeah, because you're in a you're in the middle of a burning village, dude. So <laughs> I mean, whether you want to or not, like it or not. <laughs> All right. So would you're we add anything heat. conditionally to this? Um let me think. Um I would say maybe the um maybe the smoke. You're, you're maybe you're coughing maybe a little bit because of the smoke you're in the middle of the, you're in the middle of the village um so you really you're really not sure the timing at which you need for this to kind of come up so add a, add one setback die to that okay all right well i'm gonna roll this up yeah let's see it let's look at those it. dice sounds yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> oh, all right. So at the end of it all, I ended up with doing my cancellations here automatically here. Mm-hmm. I have only one die came up with a failure on my negative dice. Cool. All the rest came up with a ton of threat. Um, oh, oh and, I'm liking the sounds of this. Yeah, <laughs> and my positive dice all had at least one success on them. So I have a grand total of one, two, three, four, five successes uh, and one failure. So that's a net of four successes. Okay. And the I had one advantage that cancels out one of the threat, leaving me with four threat. So four successes, four threat. Okay. Hmm. And for the record, the failure came from the darn smoke and timing. <laughs> oh, it did? Hmm. Yes. Okay. And the threat came from everything else. <laughs> the threat came from just casting this nasty big bubble around my party. So what do you think there, Jamie? As an evil GM, what would you do? How would you spend for that? F- for four threat? threat? Yeah. Um, That's essentially I don't, a the, the worst thing that I think you could do to a caster is just go take four strain. Oh, that would <laughs> suck. <laughs> yeah, because, because of the coughing, because of the coughing and everything. Oh, yeah, I can well, see and, that. And the, the strain of power trying to keep this bubble mm-hmm. over Dragonfire. Yeah, well, right. myself, I'm actually thinking about, remember our session at Khan and the Cobb? where Sigmar was outside of that temple and he was trying to keep that, that undead back with that barrier that you put out in front mm-hmm. of him. That's a barrier spell. That has to be mm-hmm. a barrier spell, right? right? Right. So I'm thinking with those four threat, dude, I want a discipline check from you that is going to be upgraded difficulty to hold that barrier up because this brat, this this dragon's breathing a little longer than what you thought he was going to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> you know, nice. so if, if you make it, yeah, you guys are good. But if you fail, maybe take, you know, as, you know, probably because you did succeed and the barrier was up, maybe you'll take a little less, you'll take some damage or something. But Well, in this case, uh, because I empowered it, for each mm-hmm. success, it would reduce the damage from the fire by one. For each success. Normally, gotcha. it takes two successes oh. to reduce it by one. So in this case, if the dragon's breath, let's say it did 10 points of fire damage to us, mm-hmm. in this case, it would still only it would still do six damage to the entire party. Oh, but it would... Oh, I got you. But you have your barrier up. But okay. my barrier would reduce it. Gotcha. Okay. Nice. Nice. All right. All right, Jamie. Do you have a, um, do you have a scenario for us that you would like okay. to... Yeah, yeah, I came up with one here on the fly because it is that easy in Genesis. Yes, yes that's right. I said it. <laughs> okay, so we're going to say the one-eyed big nose piercing monster. Oh. Oh yeah. Is uh not too happy. And little did you know the one-eyed big nose piercing monster is a divine spellcaster. Ooh. And he has a holy icon which happens to be his bad eye hanging on a necklace, okay? <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Dude, the look of so, this guy. So, uh, what people, it, so they, the, the holy icon is an implement, and yep. um, what it does is it enables divine spellcasters to perform unique miracles. When they're casting a spell, adding any divine only effects increase the spell's difficulty one less than they would normally. So, I'm going to cast a curse on 
nice. um, shit shit bag the feral halfling, and <laughs> Gandalf the murky over here. <laughs> it's Dan Flag. Thank you, Dan Flag. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, I take that back. It's just going to be on Shitbox the Feral Halfling because what I'm casting <laughs> is um, I'm going to be casting Despair on him. Ooh. Oh. And I cannot do this with any other additional effects. So what it does is the target the target strain and wound threshold is reduced by an amount equal to the character's ranks and knowledge. Ouch. Oof. That's going to suck because that freaking Sabertooth Tiger's on his way to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> So what we're going to do, and that's a two difficulty, so the base difficulty for uh, Curse is two, and uh, doing Despair is two, but having my one googly eye hanging off my necklace reduces that by one. All right. And we're going to say the big nose one-eyed Pearson monster has a a willpower of four, but only one rank of divine. So three green, one yellow. Three green, one yellow. Okay. Then what's your difficulty at this point, did you say? At this point, it's three. It would have been four, but because of my, my goofy eye, it takes it down to three. Cool. So do you guys want to do any upgrades or anything? Well, yeah, because not only would you want to upgrade the difficulty, give your give your, um, give your your uh, bad guy's adversary talents that will apply to the attack spell, you want to give them <laughs> adversary two to a curse spell. Shitbox the feral halfling has adversary? Yeah, of course he does. Because I'm the DM. Adversary now. what? Adversary One? two. Let's do two. Two? Yeah. Holy crap. He's a tribal and, shaman. He's a bad okay. ant if you're and out there as, listening. As, as a player, I'm going to use a story point to upgrade one of those green to a yellow. So now I'm at two yellow, two green. Okay, so why? why what's, what's, what's in the story here? Uh, because oh. what happens is is as the big one-eyed monster focuses his eye on on shitbox the feral halfling yeah the other eye that's hanging from a necklace just kind of slides up and looks right at him too Ooh. <laughs> now he's got double vision on this guy and he knows what he wants to do and then and then the wow. halflings turns his head sideways like oh wow that's kind of creepy <laughs> <laughs> no he, he looks to the side are you talking to him or talking to me i can't tell <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> anything else i should add to this pool well, is that halfling? He's in his natural element of the 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 forest there. And was he trying to hide when he was casting earlier? No, I know he's got cover from the saber tooth tiger that's about to attack him. <laughs> so that's or an additional a, setback, setback guy, right? Sure, yep. add a setback. Why not? Okay, are we good? I'm yeah. Good. Okay, right now my pool is two red, one purple, two yellow, two green, one black, and I'm using that app that Tony was talking about, so your listeners can hear. Sweet. I wound up with <laughs> two success. Yeah. Two threat and a despair. No. Awesome sauce. So your Let's... your uh, wound and strain threshold is reduced by my two ranks of knowledge now. Mm-hmm. And that has concentration, so I'm going to use one of my googly eyes to concentrate on that through the duration of the encounter. So you you guys tell me what two threat and one despair does to me. I'll take the threat, Chris. Go ahead, kill him with the despair. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, do the threat. I'm looking. I'm looking at this. Uh, I'm looking at this chart. Two point four, by the way, table three dot two dot four. Go ahead. Well, I think I think the two strain or the uh, two threat 
is that you're focused so heavily on that halfling that you uh, are going to give the you're basically opening yourself up to an attack from one of that halfling's companions from behind. So he's going to get some uh, boost on his attacks on you. Okay. Nice. Nice. Um, <clears throat> so as a GM, you got it right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. So what kind of a spell caster are you? You're like a, you're like a priest. You said, you said a divine caster. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, he's a he's a priest of what's that uh uh the thing with all the eyes uh in Cthulhu. <laughs> oh no. Uh, uh, uh Shagath? Yeah, no, I can't remember. Azathoth? <laughs> Isn't he right. the one with all I'll, the eyes? Yog I was thinking I was thinking uh Grumish from <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So nice. let me think. So um since we're probably potentially in primeval Thule here, um and little do you know, I'm gonna as a as a as a GM, I'm gonna kind of say, you know what? I'm gonna kind of hold on to that despair for now. But little do you know that I'm gonna kind of take this little example here of all other spellcasters and creatures attuned to magical energies within a day's travel become aware of your character. So we're gonna say <laughs> we're gonna say maybe a rival cult has been hunting <laughs> you down. <laughs> and they kind of have tuned into kind of where you are because you've cursed them uh, before, and they're kind of feeling it. So open myself up. Maybe he's maybe, a beacon. Maybe a day or two in the adventure. Maybe next session. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, buddy. There, there you go. You just created an, and you just created a encounter for next session for me. <laughs> right. <Yep. laughs> so, All right. Well, that's the advantageous threats, everybody. Yep. We changed it up a little bit, folks. We're going to be doing where we roll the dice every time. Both Chris and I think that it, uh, having mm-hmm. the, uh, the, 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 the dice results right there in front of us is really pretty cool. a little better. Yeah. A little more fun. And then, and then so. walking you all through building up, building up, uh, building up the die pool and how we're pulling in, you know, the environment and some other strange things to kind of screw each other over on is always just fun. <laughs> So, all right. All right, well, let's just kind of end this thing. All right, let's wrap this up. Yep. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us on, well, a little longer show than I think we um, we had intended. But having Jamie on and talking about this awesome magic system yeah, these informational shows might be closer to an hour and a half. Just to let you all know. <laughs> um, I'd like to give a shout-out to a podcast, a blog, actually, called The Dragon's Toolbox, created by uh, Stefan Dragonspawn. Um, the link, we'll put that in the show notes, but it's uh, thedragonstoolbox.blogspot.com. Um, he's had this going since, uh, I think, August of 2016, and it's basically... I have in here in the show notes a menagerie of randomly awesome gaming goodness because that's mm-hmm. what it is. He puts out a lot of great stuff on there. One of the most recent things he's posted the Bullets Over Frisco community project from the um, the Wild Die, another podcast on a network. Shout out to you guys, haha, two for one. Um, and um, <laughs> yeah, so go check that out. He's got you know go back in some of the logs. He goes he goes over like dice and. All, all other kinds of um, t- 
tools that you can use for gaming. He has um, some reviews on on um, gaming products, um, games as well. So uh, that's a great little nuggets for all of you there. So okay, and you can find the Dragon's Toolbox and Finding the Narrative on the G Plus Nerds International with a hyphen network. Um, we are also available on Facebook at Finding the Narrative. We have uh, we have an email, Finding the Narrative Podcast at gmail.com. Yep. You can download our podcast on Podbean, iTunes, yep. and you can listen to us on YouTube also. Yep. We have a YouTube channel out there too. Yeah, on um, Podbean, it's uh, Finding the Narrative podbean.com that we have a site there we'll have a bunch of notes for you there too and uh, feel free to contact us at any of those places you can also get a hold of chris and i on the uh, uh fantasy flight forums we're available there mm-hmm. uh as again as i mentioned earlier i'm asmodius and chris is zesri that's right and um so how about you Jamie? so yeah plug your show dude where can we find you oh yeah which so i did last week out. but still <laughs> Uh, yeah, check out the show. It's uh, the RPG Brewery. It's on YouTube and I live stream on Twitch. Um, every two weeks, uh, every other Tuesday, I have a show that, which is either a discussion or I bring on guests to talk about stuff. Um, for example, I had Sam Stewart, the writer of Genesis, on my show to talk about Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have those kind of shows over there and a lot of live plays. Uh, in fact, Chris was one of the players in the game we just ran, Pathfinder Rise of the Rune Lords. We just wrapped up book one, oh, yeah. uh, Burnt Offerings. And I got a Cthulhu live plays over there, and we're about to kick off a Star Wars Edge of the Empire live play. So check out the RPG Brewery, and just like uh, finding the narrative and everything else they've mentioned, you can find that over on the Nerds International Google Plus page. Awesome. All right. right, So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is our episode today. I thank you for listening, um, and I got nothing else, really. So this is Tony saying keep rolling them bones. And this is Chris telling you all to remember the rule of cool and to just have fun. And you, Jamie, don't say goodbye. Eric didn't ask me to. (laughs) Eric? He didn't want you to say goodbye? No. (laughs) Alrighty then. See you later, dude. (laughs) See you later, everybody. Finding a Narrative podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding a Narrative podcast. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.